This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 109, Comic Reviews of the Week of Wednesday, October the 2nd. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 109, our comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, October the 2nd episode, and I am your host, Adam Chapman. Thanks again for joining us uh, for the show. Um, you can contact the show at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, or you can follow us on uh, HC Realms. We'll have uh, threads up for each episode. Uh, this is the episode, obviously, where we talk about books that came out the previous week. Um, now, as I've said in the past, I have a little bit less time on my hands to do both shows and for reading comics, uh, as I recently uh, had a son uh, who was born August 29th, uh, Zachary Owen Chapman, so I have a little bit less time to spend on comics these days. So the last few episodes, I think I've been averaging about 10 issues that we've been talking about, as opposed to the, the prior uh, normal, which was usually anywhere from 15 to 25 books, so there's a little bit less that I'm talking about. Um, so let's just jump into this week's comics. Um, actually, I, I, a brief thing I'm talking about before. Uh, I've been talking about you know things I've been reading recently, so I'm still uh, slowly plowing through through the Uncanny X-Men Volume One Omnibus by Chris Claremont, uh, John Byrne, uh, and various other artists, obviously, including Dave Cockrum. Um, now I just got a notification, and I'm super excited about this. That uh, today I got. Uh, Excuse me. Three trade paperbacks were being mailed out to me from Amazon, and so by the time this episode goes up. Actually, the day after this episode goes up, I'll be receiving these books. So the ones coming are Avengers Iron Man First Sign, which is collecting the Avengers crossover between uh, Avengers and Captain America and Thor, um, and Iron Man back in the 90s, the, right after The Crossing happened, which I sadly enough own in hardcover, uh, Omnibus. Um, it basically brings you up to the point where Onslaught happens and then brings in the Heroes Reborn and later Return. Uh, it's kind of like the last main kind of series of stories. Uh, the Captain America one is kind of before um, or in and around when Mark Wade takes over. It's an interesting time period for sure. Uh, the Iron Man stuff is with the Teen Tony, which is not very highly regarded in the Iron Man fan circles. Um, that's coming. I'm just excited for old material and stuff I haven't really read before, so that's coming next week, or sorry, tomorrow. Uh, I have Red She-Hulk Volume 2, Route 616, which I'm super pumped for. People who've listened to the last Book of the Month episode will know that the, uh, the other people who read that book, including, uh, uh Paul Scorez and Nathan Strzok, absolutely hated it. So I'm looking forward to it. I liked the book. It was a fun romp. Looking forward to the second volume. And also is uh, Wolverine, The Return of Weapon X by Frank Thierry, trade paperback. Uh, most of the run is uh, done by Sean Chen, who is one of my favorite artists. I absolutely love his work. Um, in particular, I'm really excited about this coming volume because it's probably my favorite run of Wolverine. Um, I didn't really buy a lot of Wolverine comics um, when I was, I guess, I don't know... 16 or so, uh, Frank Thierry started writing Wolverine. Maybe actually I was 17 or so, maybe 18. Uh, he came on and he started writing Wolverine and it was, Wolverine book for me has always been a kind of a weird solo adventure. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's really bad. Um, in this particular era we have Wolverine with the amazing artwork by Sean Chen and uh, it's, it has it introduces a character known as Mr. X who later joins uh, Thunderbolts. Um, it reintroduces the idea of a new rebooted version of Weapon X, which would last for a couple of years after this original story. Uh, it's a thick volume. I think it's around 30 bucks or, or so. It's uh, well worth the cost. I'm super pumped for this. I can't wait to buy it. 
Um, sorry, not buy it. I already technically bought it, but I can't wait to have it shipped to me tomorrow. I'm super pumped. I cannot wait to read this all over again and really uh, tear into it. Anyways, jumping into books that actually came out this week, uh, we have Action Comics number 24. Um, did not enjoy this. Now, I did not read the Superman issue that apparently leads, in, leads into this. I like that there's intertitle continuity. However, I'm not reading the other book, so it doesn't work for me as well. Um, I really don't care about this version of Psycho Pirate. I, with the weird mask and all the weird psionic like uh, snakes and stuff, I really don't like it. Uh, it's written by Scott Liddell. Uh, artwork by Tyler Kirkham. Uh, I'm really up and down on Kirkham. I'm not really sure how I feel. Now, it's interesting. I said Lubdell. It says Lubdell on the cover, but the interior art, uh, the interior uh, credit pages actually says that it's written by Mike Johnson, artwork by Tyler Kirkham and Jesus Marino. So obviously that's not really reflected in the uh, cover. Uh, it's interesting. After, like, obviously the last month since my son was born, I haven't had a lot of chance to read comics. That being said, it's interesting that I don't feel like I really missed a lot on the DC side of things as opposed to the Marvel side because most of the books kind of did their own thing with the, the villain-centric uh, stories. Um, and now we're kind of getting into the, the regular ongoing plot lines. Um, that being said, it doesn't really tie into Forever Evil in any way, so it just kind of feels like a weird orphan story that doesn't really know where it wants to exist. It's not very good. The artwork is kind of sloppy. The artwork, uh, sorry, the writing is quite sloppy as well. Overall, I gave it a 5 out of 10. I think it deserves about that. Uh, next up is the new chapter of Battle of the Atom in All New X-Men number 17. Quite enjoyed this. Um, maybe not the strongest issue that we've had, but it was definitely interesting to show and what happens in the future. I don't care for Dazzler all that much. I don't like her being kind of used the way they're trying to use her. Plus, I always like the idea that Kitty Pride eventually becomes uh, president of the United States and not that it's Dazzler. Of all fucking people, Dazzler should not be the president of the United States. But whatever, it is what it is. She's got a checkered past, too. So as a character... Uh, both publishing-wise and in, in continuity. I mean, it's just a mess. Um, the issue's by Brian Michael Bendis with artwork by Stuart Eminem. So at least it looks nice. Um, I like the idea that there's there's a little bit more going on here and there's a different X-Men team and it's a little bit against what uh, the other X-Men are. It's definitely an intriguing way to go. I still wish that there was a little bit more of like a, a clear villain, per se, for the uh, X-Men to kind of fight against and unite against. It's not the best kind of time travel story I've ever seen, but I don't know. It has its moments, for sure. I just wish it had. It was a little bit more concise. Um, we'll see. I mean, it, there's still a lot to be done. Uh, it's interesting to see what what goes on moving forwards. Um, I mean, I, I forget how long the storyline's supposed to be. I just, I don't know, I'm enjoying it, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like... There's not a lot happening. It's relatively simple. It's kind of running from one place, like, from, you know, A to B to C. Like, it just... It doesn't necessarily feel like it's giving me a lot of surprises. I look at X-Men events of the past, and they always kind of felt like there was a little bit higher stakes, and I don't know, like, it kind of felt like there should be more to it, especially if you look at the last few major X-crossovers, like, you got Messiah Complex. Uh, I'm not going to... Obviously, the AVX, but there's also Messiah Complex... I'm, I'm going to pretend, pretend Mazai War didn't happen, the second coming. Even uh, Schism, at least more stuff was kind of going down. And I just feel like there's not enough going down. And it just feels weird as a crossover. It's more of an, a story, but it's not really an event. And I don't know, I'm, I'm getting stuck on that. 
Um, but the artwork is definitely pretty, and I like the, some of the ideas in the future. Though, again, Dazzler as president makes no sense to me. I give it an 8 out of 10, though. It's still enjoyable. Um, a surprise for me this week was Captain America Living Legend number 1. Um, didn't even really know what this was supposed to be or be about, but I was like, eh, whatever, I'll give it a shot. Um, haven't seen Addy Granoff do, uh, interiors anywhere recently. Andy Diggle, I'm not a big fan as a, as an artist, um, sorry, as a writer. He's done some stuff, but I, I don't know, like, besides Losers, I don't know if he's really done anything I've really enjoyed. That being said, really dug it. Um, quite a surprise. The artwork is fantastic. I love kind of the, the historical aspect of the story, um... With the, you know, with these characters, and again, the artwork is part of what sells this book because it it gives it a real movie quality. Um, this Volkov character is really fascinating to read about. Um, I dug it, you know, and I'm definitely interested in following it through and seeing what happens next. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Then we got Detective Comics number twenty four. Not quite the finale I thought we were going for with this storyline. That being said, I still enjoyed it. Uh, it's written by John Lehman with artwork by Jason Faybach. Uh, I love Fabok, by the way. Like he's just doing such a great job in this book. I, it's really crisp and clean, but I love the look of his characters. Uh, the Wrath character, I don't know. I, I thought this would be a little bit more exciting than it ended up being. Uh, it just it didn't quite feel like it ended up giving me what it had promised. That being said, I did enjoy it. Um, to, again, it's it's a good Batman and Detective Comics kind of story. Um, and seeing kind of what was going on here and the idea of, you know, this kind of origin of this of this Wrath character. And um, I, I like that. I mean, again, the artwork is really good. It's very cheesy at times because it looks very much like we're trying to sell action figures in terms of the battle armor that Batman wears. But I like it. I, I dug this issue. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, so I gave it an 8 out of 10. And I'm not trying to just run through these books this week, but I have, unfortunately, a little bit limited time. And sometimes you just... There's not a lot you really have to say. You enjoy a book, you read it, and you're like, okay, that's pretty good, and the artwork's enjoyable, and then you're done, and that's all there is to it. Sometimes you can rip apart a book and spend like an hour on how much something sucked, um, but that's not really the case today. Uh, next up is Earth 2, number 16. This is, I believe, and I could be wrong, I believe this is James Robinson's last issue. Um, it brings up a lot of questions. Um... My love for this series has definitely waned. Um, the first arc I thought was really strong. Ever since then, even though I've been entertained, it's, it feels like the Law of Diminishing Returns It hasn't been quite the same. Um, I There's definitely some interesting ideas here. Um, you know, not, with Steppenwolf and you know everyone kind of trying to invade. I like that aspect. Uh, what happens to Steppenwolf and one of his kind of secret weapons. Didn't really see it coming, but uh, it was really cool. Um, you know, it, at the end of the day, it is entertaining. It's just not quite as strong as I was expecting. Uh, and again, there are a lot of questions that are that are raised by the kind of um, big moment that happens here. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I mean, Nicola Scott has done a brilliant job on the artwork here, and I, I do like Robinson, and I'm really going to miss him on this title because it felt like this was James Robinson's title. This is very much his book, and I don't know what it's going to be like to see someone kind of take that over and do their own thing with it. I don't know what my level of interest is even going to be once that happens. Um, but I like this. I mean, I gave it a 7 out of 10. It wasn't the strongest issue. Um, and and it, it did feel like... Well, and this isn't the fault of, of the creators, but it felt like, did I miss something? Did I see the last issue or not? Because it's been so long 
and again, it hasn't actually been so long, but it's been a month, and it ruins the the momentum for your book when they just kind of throw in, uh, you know, this thing that happens in the middle that has nothing to do with your story, and in most cases is not even written by you. It's just a it's just a placeholder to keep the you know the title going with a point one issue or whatever, and then it's over, and it's, it makes me feel like they've started to lose the momentum on the book as a result. Um, so that's a seven out of ten. Next up is Forever Evil number two. I enjoyed the first issue. I found this to be much more boring. Um, it was a, m- a lot less imaginative. Uh, Jeff Johns wrote it over with David Finch. David Finch is not really on his game anymore. I found the artwork just very rushed looking. Uh, the characters really didn't look that defined. Um, I just I didn't enjoy it as nearly as much. Like There's stuff happening in here, but it's not well done in terms of... There's, and there's, they try to do like mysteries, but even... The mysteries aren't even that well done. I don't know. I just I wasn't a big fan. Um, and there's some weird stuff going on, obviously, with the CSA. And we don't know what's going on with this mystery character that Alfred is uh, looking after. I mean, they bring up questions, but I just don't feel like I care enough about the answers. And the book is does feel really short. And the Teen Titans kind of showing up to save the day. Not very long. And then, you know, this creation of this new Bizarro. I didn't watch the... I, sorry, I didn't... Um, I didn't buy or read the origin issue for Bizarro, so I don't even know what that's going to mean or why. I really hate this version of Johnny Quick. I think he's got the most ridiculous costume. Um, the ending with like Ar- Luther armoring up and getting ready with Bizarro. I don't know. It just felt like a little bit of an easy thing to do, but not that sophisticated or interesting. Um, Batman and Catwoman just kind of showing up with that weird stump that is Cyborg, who's basically dead. And if they do not let him die, it's just stupid. Um... I don't know, like, I I was originally thinking I was going to give this a 6, but now I'm kind of thinking it's more of a 5. So I give uh, Forever Evil number 2 a 5 out of 10. That brings us to Green Lantern 24. This is another 5 out of 10. I found this extremely boring. I'm being nice by even giving it a 5. Um, this is the, the kind of the Lights Out storyline, part 1. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Vibrant Venditti does nothing to maintain my interest. Billy Tan is not the right artist in this book. Um... It's just very sloppily written, um, and I hate the way Kyle Rayner looks like a, like a child. Uh, he doesn't look like a, an adult lantern at all. Like This is just not enjoyable. Uh, I couldn't wait for the issue to be over. It was a slog to get through. As I said, I gave it uh, simply a 5 out of 10. And that brings us to Hunger, number 3 out of 4. This was really banal. I'm gonna give, I was going to give this a 6. The more I think about it, I'm going to give it a 5. It's not a good week for comics for me. Um, if you read something this past week and you thought it was amazing, and I haven't reviewed it on the show and given it a shitty review, please let me know what it was so I can read it, because I want to read good comics, and so far this week was very slim pickings. So, Hunger, number three, uh, just very generic. Like, it didn't feel special, and it just felt really repetitive and boring. Like, oh man, Galactus is here, we gotta stop him. Like, that's it. End of story. Um... I found it, as I said, uninteresting. It went on too long. Um, I'm glad this book is almost over, but it's leading into Cataclysm, which hopefully will not feel too long. Um, I'm going to give Hunger number three... What did I say? I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Yeah, that's about right. 
Uh, Marvel Knights Spider-Man number one. So Marvel Knights used to be an important uh, you know, imprint at Marvel. It really changed Marvel's uh, fortunes. It brought Joe Quesada to major prominence because he was the head of the original Marvel line, sorry, Marvel Knights line, and then he became editor. And then Axel Alonso kind of took over from him, and now obviously Axel Alonso is the EIC. Um, so there's a lot of the, that they owe Marvel Knights for. Uh, that being said, the issue is not good. I gave it a 4 out of 10. It was just very boring. The artwork was atrocious. Um, I just expected better, and I just keep being disappointed when I just don't get it. I don't get exciting. This this isn't exciting. This isn't interesting and entertaining. It's just there, and then it's over, and I am glad that it's over, and that's not how I should feel after reading a comic book. I should feel excited, or like I just read something cool. Instead, I read something that's boring. Uh, if you were really excited about you know jumping on with the new Marvel Knights... I gotta disabuse you of that notion. It's not really that good, uh, or or entertaining, and it's just it should have been so much more than it was. The artwork is extremely sloppy. Like this is just shocking to me that this is even happening. I thought like they would take this seriously and make Marvel Knights Spider-Man something big. Like they say, this is the place where big name creators used to be able to come and you know write these characters and just kind of be free of continuity. Um, yeah, well, maybe get some good creators, not Matt Kent, who I haven't read something I like from yet. And Marco Rudy and artwork has not really uh, impressed me much. Um, so, you know, as I said, when I, when the issue was over, I was glad for it. Uh, it wasn't really well done. Um, I, and again, the artwork is really bad. I, I hate the way it looks, uh, the way Peter Parker looks. This just was not for me. When it was over, I was very glad. Uh, and then the last book I'll be talking about this week is Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 4. I like this a lot more than the last three issues. I have typically not enjoyed this book that much. This one was a little bit more interesting and, uh, although at the same time sad, as you have obviously uh, all the Superior Foes kind of dealing with issues uh, that are, you know, to, in order to kind of get out of the bed in the morning. Like they kind of have depressing lives at times. Um, and, uh... The, I was shocked by what may or may not have really happened to Herman. I'm hoping it's not true, but it was definitely a shock. Um, the issue is obviously not really correct as, to, as considering what's actually in the interiors. It's written by Spencer with artwork by Lieber. Not a fan of the artwork by Lieber. I prefer the writing by uh, Spencer as opposed to the artwork by Lieber. Uh, yeah, Nick Spencer is kind of an odd book to write these days. Um, the artwork is getting better, but it's not quite what I wanted to read. It's making fun of these supervillains as opposed to actually kind of being in their their place and their space and watching them conduct their lives and their business. Instead, it feels very snarky and kind of looking down their nose at these characters, which I find unfortunate. And that is uh, all the reviews I'll have time for this week. Now, the books I didn't get a chance to look at were the all-new X-Men special number one, which I do not care about because now that I know it's by a nobody creative team, there's no incentive for me to actually care. Uh, Batman Black and White number two, Batwing 24, Daredevil Dark Knights number five, Ferris number 20, Phantom X number one, uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, I think that's number one, Winterkind, or sorry, Hinterkind number one, Inter, inter, yeah, sorry, Infinity, yeah, Infinity Hunt, number two, Iron Man 16, Mighty Avengers 2, Movement 5, Savage Wolverine 9, Swamp Thing 24, Thunderbolt 16, Trillium number 3, Trinity of Sin, Trinity of Sin the Phantom Stranger number three, uh, 12, and The Witching Hour number 1. Um, as you can tell from the 10 books I actually talked about, 
I think I liked maybe two and a half of them. I liked All New X-Men, Captain America, Living Legend. I liked Earth 2, gave it a 7. Detective Comics got an 8. And then Superior Foes got 7. So I guess half of the books got a 7 or better, but you know, two of those actually were 7s. Um, anyways, that is our episode. Uh, thank you for joining me for episode 109 of Comic Shenanigans. Our next episode is episode 110, coming out probably on the... 9th of October. Um, that'll be our focus on talking hero clicks with uh, a new guest to the show, uh, Mike White. And uh, hopefully you enjoy that episode. So thanks for joining me for, um, for Comic Shenanigans. I have a feeling that there might be a bit of a hiatus after episode 110, as next week is actually Canadian Thanksgiving. So for those who are Canadian, yes, we are having Thanksgiving next weekend. So uh, there may not be a podcast. There likely won't be. like a special topic one and there's a slight chance there might be a reviews one but I'm not really sure yet anyways you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com like like the show on Facebook or you can uh, put a comment on the HD Realms threads that we put up as well again I'm Adam Chapman your host and thank you for joining me for this Comic Shenanigans episode we'll see you next time bye bye